Welcome to the Baseline Community Church Podcast. Hey, this is kind of a, a wild time for our church, right, with the merger coming up. And so July and August are kind of the final times where uh, I got to choose what I wanted to preach on. And so I'm, I'm really kind of excited about this. And I chose because I chose a, a section of scripture that I love, but also I chose because I want us to be ready for when we do merge together, okay? And, and assuming that the vote goes well at Grace next week, assuming that the affirmation happens from our congregation and all that. So it's kind of like, and the illustration that we've been using as a, in this whole process is one of dating and going out and getting engaged and getting married. And I don't know. I mean, when Nancy and I were dating and stuff, by the time I was ready to ask her to get married, I was pretty sure she was going to say yes. Okay, it's, it's like, it's, you, you see the stuff on the internet every once in a while of those sort of failed engagement things where the guy's like down on one knee handing the ring to the girl and the girl's like, mm, no, I don't want this. <laughs> so I was pretty sure she was going to say yes when it got to that point. And I really believe that both churches are at the place where we have done the work We've spent the time, we've had the prayer times, we've met together, we know each other pretty well that, that this is something that is what God really wants for us. So I'm, I'm, it's, I know it's going to, and I'll talk about this a little bit, I know it's going to be a difficult time in some ways, but also I think it's pretty exciting too. And, and the scriptures that we're going to look at in these next couple months, I hope, will prepare us to step into this marriage, into a new relationship with grace, into a new church that really is going to be make a difference in this whole community around here. So, so that's where we're at. Um, I was drawn to 2 Corinthians chapters 3 to 6. And, and here's why. I've taught on this a lot in classes I taught at APU. And in those chapters, I believe Paul kind of lays out his philosophy of ministry in those chapters. Um, Kyle came up with the title uh, Field Notes, and I really like that title because it's not as if Paul was some sort of rabbi or seminary professor sitting in his office in some uh, educational institution, and he thought, well, let me write about ministry. It was He was in the field doing the work. He, this is his experiences. This is what he learned from being from successes and failures. And he learned all this stuff. And he's writing it down in 2 Corinthians so that they, the Corinthians, can understand it. And I believe so that you and I can see this is what ministry is all about. And so that's why I'm really excited to share because I think it's going to be crucial for our church and I think it's crucial for grace. Actually, when I did the, the pulpit swap thing, when Chris spoke here and I spoke at grace, this is what I told them. I said, hey, this is what I think is most important for our two churches to remember, that this is all about ministry, that what church is all about is helping people come to know Jesus and learn what it means to follow him. And we want to do that as, the, as well as we can as both churches. So that's where we're going to start. So uh, today I'm actually going to start at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. So if you have a Bible or an electronic device and want to follow along, the words will be up behind me also. Here's what Paul writes. Therefore, 
since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. All right, so in the last decade, if there's anything I hope that you all have learned from me, it is this, that when you see the therefore, you ask, what is the therefore, therefore, okay? That's, that is like one of the greatest of all uh, things you can learn about Bible interpretation and study is that when Paul said, therefore, now you've got to go back. So he says, therefore, through God's mercy, we have this ministry. So now we've got to go back to chapter 3. You probably could go back even farther. We're going to get to th chapter 3 to see what is this ministry he's talking about. All right. And what Paul will do is this. He will contrast the ministry of the law with the ministry of the Spirit. He will talk about the Old Covenant compared to the New Covenant. And he uses an, uh, an uh, event in Moses' life to illustrate what he's going to talk about. Now, most of us, we probably know about Moses. We may have learned about him growing up in, in Sunday school or something like that. But Moses uh, takes the people from Egypt. He's taken them to the Promised Land. They stop at Mount Sinai. He goes up Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments from God. So he's up there for 40 days and 40 nights. God hands him the tablets with the Ten Commandments on them, and God says to them, you'd better head back down because things are not going so well back in the camp. The guy you left in charge, your brother Aaron, not doing such a good job. Sort of like when you have a, a, a babysitter for the first time, and you go out and you come back, and the house is a shambles, Okay. So that is what's going to happen here when Moses heads down the, the, down the mountain. He gets down the mountain. Sure enough, the people are going crazy. They've created these golden calves that they're worshiping. They're just going wild. Moses goes to Aaron. What's going on? He says, hey, the people just gave me, the, gave me their gold. I threw it in a furnace, and out came a calf. I, you know, I didn't know what was going on. It's like, I'm not sure how this happened. Moses gets so angry, he throws the Ten Commandments on the ground. They break into pieces. And he then, he then he tells the people, you're, what you're doing is not right. He, he goes, a bunch of stuff he makes them do and all that. So then, a little bit later on, the Lord says to Moses, chisel out two stone tablets like the first ones, and I will write on them the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. Isn't that great? All right, first time I make the tablets, it's all right. Second time, Moses, you broke them, you make them and bring them up with you, okay? I'm not doing this again for you. You've got to bring the tablets the second time. So he goes up again, goes up on Mount Sinai, takes, brings the tablets with him, spends 40 days and 40 nights there again. The Lord writes the law on those tablets. He comes back down off the mountain, and when he gets back to these people, they're kind of like, whoa, he's glowing. He's been in the presence of God. He is glowing. They, are, they see it. So then Moses puts a veil over his face because over time, the glow starts to fade. And he didn't want people to see that that glow was fading. All right, so that's the backstory on all this. And now Paul will write about it. And here's what he says in chapter 3, verse 7. Now, if the ministry that brought death which was engraved in letters on stone, came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory, fading though it was, will not the ministry of the Spirit 
be even more glorious. If the ministry that condemns men is glorious, how much more glorious is the ministry that brings righteousness? So he's using this illustration from Moses' life, and he's comparing, again, this ministry of the law that was written on tablets with this ministry of the Spirit that God is now doing through Jesus. And he says that the ministry of the law cannot bring righteousness, that it only condemns. Even though it brought glory, it cannot bring righteousness. For you and I, what we understand now is that the law lets us know that we need Jesus, lets us know that we need forgiveness and grace. It's as if, the illustration I've heard talked about is, it's as if we are, we are kids that are playing in a mud puddle. Okay, ever happened? It rains, it's rainy outside, there's mud, your kids go out, they start playing, they're getting all messed up. And then the law is the mirror that you look in that says, I'm a mess. That's what the law does. It lets us know that we are a mess. The law and the mirror cannot clean you. That has to come from the outside. That's, that's a hose that's coming from the outside. That's Jesus. But the law is like the mirror that says, I need some cleaning here. I need some help. The law could not bring righteousness. So Paul then says, but the ministry of the Spirit does bring righteousness. That because of Jesus, because of his sacrifice on the cross, I have right standing before God. It's got, not because of anything I do. Again, that kid that's been playing in the mud puddle cannot clean himself. We cannot clean ourselves. We cannot deal with our sin on our own. We need Jesus to do that for us. And we stand on God's grace and mercy and Paul is saying that the ministry of the Spirit, when you experience that, it can bring righteousness and right standing before God. And the other side of righteousness is this, that it also means that I have a right relationship between myself and others. That I'm living the life that God wants me to live because of what he has done. Again, with the law, trying to follow that to the letter, I could not do that. But when the Spirit changes me, when the Spirit brings actual righteousness into my life, now I can live the life that God wants me to live. So this ministry that Paul's talking about brings righteousness. Then Paul will continue to compare the old with the new, the law with the Spirit, and he, he, can, he compares the uh, veil that Moses was wearing to a veil that is over the hearts of those that do not believe. That there is a veil that is between my heart and God's heart that keeps me from knowing him before I'm a follower of Jesus. And that that's the veil. And then he says this in verse 16. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That great section. There is freedom. Again, the Spirit of the law, the Spirit of the Old Covenant could not bring freedom. 
But the Spirit and the ministry of the Spirit brings freedom into our lives. First and foremost, in Paul's setting, it brings freedom from the law, the law that could not bring righteousness, the law that we could not follow, the law that was a burden on us. Paul says you have freedom from that now that you have the Spirit, but it also brings freedom from sin. That's what the ministry of the Spirit does. It brings freedom from sin. We are no longer a slave to sin. Now, I know we struggle. I know it's difficult, but the truth from the Scriptures is because of the Spirit, we are no longer a slave to sin. We have freedom from sin. We can have freedom from addictions. We can have freedom from bitterness. We can have freedom from... uh, from just holding on to stuff and not letting go, that that this is what the Spirit can do in your life. And this is the ministry that Paul is so excited about because it's a ministry that brings righteousness and it's a ministry that now, he says, brings freedom into your life. And then he continues, and it ends chapter 3 with this incredible statement, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So this, this, this ministry of the Spirit, it brings righteousness, right standing before God, right relationship with myself and others. It brings freedom that you can truly experience. I know a lot of times we don't, we don't buy that. But there is incredible freedom from the Spirit when he's working in your life. And then here finally, the ministry of the Spirit brings transformation into the image of Jesus. That, that you and I are being transformed into the image of Jesus. I mean, this is so exciting. Okay, you're not looking super excited in here. This is, this is unbelievable good news. Let me tell you this, okay? That you have not been saved so that one day you'll be able to be transported to some place in heaven or something like that. So someday we will be with the Lord, but that he is saving you right now. That, that he is saving you and transforming you and changing you to be more like Jesus. That my character and my actions begin to look a lot more like Jesus than my own. That that is what this spirit can do. And, and you see that Moses was glowing because he had this encounter with God up on the mountaintop. But our change happens from the inside out. See, the word that's used there for transformation is, is the Greek word where we get our word English word metamorphosis, right? We kind of understand what that is, that it's something that is a change that's happening on the inside that then shows itself to the outside. And that is what the Spirit does in our lives. It changes us on the inside, so now all of a sudden we start acting differently. We start treating people differently. We even speak differently sometimes. 
because that is what it means to be transformed. And it is an ongoing process that God is doing in us through the Spirit. So this ministry of the Spirit, right, it brings righteousness, it brings freedom, and it brings transformation. And if you read this, this section carefully, you'll see as you go through, there's a word that's woven all through it. That it's connected with righteousness, it's connected with freedom, it's connected with transformation, and it's the word glory. The word glory. Yeah, yeah Moses came down and he experienced the glory of God and he kind of was shining, but, but, but you and I can experience God's glory, and that means the God's splendor and the brightness and the radiant nature of God, that when we really experience the Spirit, that that glory radiates through us. That's who we're supposed to be. That's who we can be. We really can be people that radiate the glory of God. Now, now you probably notice this sometimes. When you're around somebody who's a follower of Jesus, and, and someone you work with, or someone you meet somewhere, and you can just tell there's something different about them. They radiate God's glory. They're not actually shining or anything like that, but you can tell that they are different. And that is what this ministry of the Spirit is supposed to do. It is supposed to bring righteousness and freedom and transformation in our lives so that we then radiate God's glory to others. And I want to be a person like that. I think we all want to be people like that. We'd all, wouldn't it be the best thing this week if it just in your natural everyday part of your life this week, someone came up to me and said, and came up to you and said, hey, what is with you? I mean, in a good way, in a good way. What's with you? You didn't lose it when that, when that customer came in and was complaining. You didn't, you didn't get angry when that person cut you off as you were driving. What is with you? It's the Spirit. That's what's with me. And I truly, and I, I hope you do too, I want to be a part of a church that radiates the glory of God. That makes a difference. So we'll go back to chapter 4, verse 1 again, just to end here. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart. Why? Why? Because it's not easy being a follower of Jesus sometimes. And there's many times where you want to lose heart. You want to throw it in. You want to give up. Being a part of a church ministry isn't easy at times. There's lots of obstacles. There's times where we're just really discouraged. Paul understands that. Remember, he's been in the field. He's, been, he's gone into cities and been kicked out of cities. He's gone into a city and been stoned by the people. He understands how difficult it can be. 
So he says, God has given us this ministry. And here's the thing. First and foremost, this ministry of the Spirit needs to be at work in us. We have to experience the Spirit in a way that brings this righteousness and freedom and transformation. That's what you all can have. That's what the Spirit wants to do in your life. As you open up yourself to him, as you take that whatever veil is in the way out of the way and just open yourself up to him, that's what he wants to experience in your life. But then here's the great news. He wants us to tell others about this ministry. Do you realize just what you have to offer to others? What we have to offer to a world that so desperately needs to know this ministry of the Spirit. A little bit later on, Paul will say that we have a treasure. And I want you to know that that is what we have. We have something to give away that is so valuable to a world that desperately needs this ministry of the Spirit in their lives. And it's been given to us, right? Through God's mercy, we have. It's not something that we've earned on our own. Jesus has given us this ministry. It's a gift from God. And what a privilege it is to partner with Jesus to make a difference in this world. That's what we have. So just let me wrap up here. Again, I'll just remind us all. Church is all about ministry. Now, I know sometimes we can get caught up on it's all about whatever programs we have going on, or it's all about the potluck, or it's all about the color of the walls, or it's all about this or that. Church is all about ministry. It is all about helping people to experience this ministry of the Spirit for the first time, and then forever as they grow. But that's what it's all about. And so I know that these next eight weeks or so as we lean into the merger could be difficult in some ways. That, that, both, that people from both churches are going to go through a time of grieving. Because both churches will be coming to an end individually. And it will be hard at times. And there will be missteps. And people will say things that they didn't mean to say. And it, will be, it could be very difficult at times. There are going to be mistakes that are made. Feelings will be hurt. And there will be times where you're going to feel like, I'm just going to give up. It's too hard. It's not what I want to do. And I'm just encouraging you to take these words of Paul to take that this is, it's all about this ministry of the Spirit and say, that is what I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of what I see God doing and I want to be a part of helping to change people's lives in this community and in the communities that are all around here. I'm asking you to see the big picture of what Jesus is going to do in this merger and remember, first, this is what the Spirit is doing in your life. 
He wants you to experience righteousness. He wants you to experience freedom and transformation. But it was never meant to be something that you just hold on to yourself. But let's share it. (laughs) What we have to offer people is so amazing. And let's be people who radiate the Spirit's work in our life and in this church. Amen. Let me pray for us. So Lord Jesus, that's our prayer. That your Spirit would do great work in us, that, Lord, you would continue to remind us of just what it is we have in you. That, Lord, your spirit has done so much and will continue to do so much. Help us to be people who radiate the spirit of God in our own lives. And, Lord, help us to be a church that is reminded of the important thing that you want to do in drawing people to Jesus and helping them learn what it means to walk in the Spirit. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. For more information about Baseline Community Church, please go to BaselineCC.com.